Are we still okay? I'm okay. Are you okay? I'm, you know. My brain's been blowing up about Repo Man because it's one of my favorite movies and I'm like so excited to talk about it. How many times have you watched it? Since like the we've talked about, <laughs> oh no, I, I only I only watched it once in that interim because I wanted to be I wanted to be like super fresh on it when I uh, when I came in and talked about it. I only wanted to listen. I, I only wanted to watch it like the night before, which is always my habit. Is that where the theme song should kick in? Pew 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 pew. This is Sharks Across Hollywood, and it really is the first time that we've fucking gotten together in like a month. Speaking of which, Repo Man. Repo Man. Yeah. Came out in 1984, directed by Alex Cross, right? Is Cox. It, Alex Cox. Alex Cross is a Tyler Perry movie. Mm-hmm. Started out as a Denzel Washington. <laughs> no, excuse me, Morgan Freeman. Wait. was Mor- Did Morgan Freeman play Alex Cross? One of those black dudes with an awesome voice. Some, right? It was either Freeman or Denzel or... I know there were Alex Cross movies before the Tyler Perry one. I, I, I know that much. Someone who is better than Tyler Perry played I'm Alex fairly, Cross before. I'm fairly certain it was Freeman. He's Baxter Stockman, and now, even though that movie wasn't very good, he's he's Baxter Stockman to me, and he will be forever. Who's Baxter Stockman? The fly from the fucking Ninja Turtles. Which one? He was in uh, Out of the Shadows, the 2016 one. Oh, dude, you, yeah. You are so more a Ninja Turtles fan than I am. I have them both, too. I have both of the Michael Bay ones. How did I know that? Because I'm a completionist and a masochist, I guess. So, <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, anything post-Michael Bay besides... and Anything post-The Rock by Michael Bay is... You'd have to be a masochist, and I know because I I, I own I own or at least owned Armageddon. I think my ex may have taken it in the divorce. I wouldn't know because I haven't checked that section of my shelf except, in that long. Except the commentary on Armageddon is supposed to be fucking fantastic because it's I've heard that I've heard Ben I, Affleck I've heard Af- on it. yeah Affleck shitting on <laughs> and Bay. then talking about how Michael Bay tells him to fuck off and all that fun stuff. I'm like, so I'm buying that Blu-ray one day, and I just for that. Get the Criterion Edition. Did you know there was a Criterion Edition of Armageddon? Why? Yeah. Why? Like, what's... <laughs> I think because... and I mean, they're not wrong in that Criterion uh, is ostensibly about significant and uh, influential moments in filmmaking. Okay, and was Armageddon that? was that. Yeah. I mean, you know, you can't really argue with that doesn't have to be a good movie to be influential. It wasn't it, it was influential <laughs> in the worst way possible, but it was influential. Was it better or worse than Pearl Harbor, do you think? Oh, no, way better than Pearl Harbor. <laughs> yes. Yeah, no, Pearl Harbor was Pearl Harbor was one of the worst. It was one of the worst. I I I remember I remember the first time I watched it, I felt like I had been Pearl Harbored. <laughs> fucked up yeah me too the movie was really long and pointless yeah i didn't cry i did laugh especially (laughs) especially when it's it's uh it's 
three months after September 11th and I'm watching it on home video and Alec Baldwin says, you know what I'd do if I find myself running out of gas or whatever the fuck he was talking about? I'd find myself a nice fat building and fly that plane right into it. Oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) Do not remember that. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, it's, it's in the immediate aftermath when they're planning their retaliatory attack. Yeah, no, that's what he, he, he says something very close to that. And I laughed and laughed because I have a fucked up sense of humor. And even after September 11th, shit like that was funny to me. Well, you gotta, otherwise you'll just cry and be depressed. We had Pretty this much. conversation before yes, too. <laughs> yes, this is not the first time something like that has come up. Because we're both sick and we both understand that in order to not be sick, we have to laugh at everything. Speaking of laughing at the sick, Repo Man. Fuck, we're really bad at this today. Okay, yeah, Repo Man. Emilio Estevez is in this movie. And One more example of why 1984 is the best year for movies. Okay, I was thinking that. I was thinking like, okay, there was there was schlocky B-cinema before the 80s, but I'm pretty sure the 80s kind of perfected the whole thing. There, yeah. There's more cult classics in the 80s as far as I'm concerned. No, 19, as, I, if you look at the IMDb page for 1984, if they have by year, I don't know if they do. But I remember at one point I looked up, I said, what? Because it seemed like a lot of my favorite movies were coming up as being made in, or being released in 1984. And so I looked it up. I was like a complete list of everything made, all the movies made in 1984. And it's like, it's, it's like, it's like a who's who of the best movies ever made. It's absolutely crazy. Uh, for me anyway, mm-hmm. never ending story came out in 1984 Search for Spock came out in 1984. That was my favorite of the... Yes, yes, I like it more than Wrath of Khan. Uh, I've only seen Wrath of Khan as far as those original Star Wars uh, original run goes. Dune came out in 1984. My my very first cinematic memory was seeing (laughs) Dune in a double feature with The Warrior and the Sorceress, which is an an excellent example of the schlocky kind of good. Uh, I don't know if you've seen that movie. No, David, Car- no. David Carradine, Roger Corman produced it. Well, Sword and Sorcery. I'm sold now. Every That's... woman in that movie is topless the entire movie. There is not a top to be had for females in that movie. And, and, and someone took me to watch it when I was five. Oh. <laughs> there's a there's a they it was, it was a double feature with that and Dune. And Dune was the opener movie and was like the greatest thing I had ever seen in my life. It was it was the first time I had been truly awed by cinema. The scene when the sandworms come out for the first time and everything. I I just people talk a lot of shit about Dune and and it has yeah. it, it definitely I understand why, but it's magical to me and it always will be. And then and then the second feature was The Warrior and the Sorceress, which was the trashiest movie <laughs> I may have ever seen in my life. I don't know, it's it's, it's tough to say. Yeah, it 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 was it was a groundbreaking moment for me as a developing child. It uh, it created a lot of my kinks as well as my love of cinema. <laughs> Did you tell your mom that? Fuck no, <laughs> I don't even think she knew because I'd gone to I'd gone to see it with a friend's a friend and his parents. Oh, <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, I guess I I had the weirdly the weird parents where they're like, hey, uh, watch this psycho doll kill people but hey there's boobs don't look at <laughs> no those. boobs don't look at those boobs are from the devil oh there's a there's a pg-13 sex scene on that silk stocking show on the usa network don't watch that but 
you know, Friday the 13th is cool. You can watch The Exorcist all you want. <laughs> all right. All righty. Yeah, my kids think I have really fucked up standards and stuff because um, because some movies I'll let them watch and some movies I won't let them watch. And to them, there's no rhyme or reason to it. But to me, it actually does make sense because I, I know my kids and I'm kind of like, well, all right, you could handle this, but I don't know if you're quite at the stage of mental development where you should be watching somebody sadistically torture his wife, you know, um, no watching a complete stranger, sadistically torture a complete stranger that I'm kind of okay with, but like, <laughs> but like, a you know, uh, okay. a man sadistically torturing his wife. That's like, you know, like there's a, a relationship dynamic that I find more disturbing. And so I won't let my kids watch something like that. Whereas I'll let them watch Fair. saw, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I can see it where, in, in in our house, we're very like, uh, sex, whatever. It was like, that guy's head exploded. We should probably not watch that. <laughs> probably not. Just, nah. They're just boobs, but holy shit. There's blood and guts. I don't know if I want to subject you to that yet. See, like, sex is fine. <laughs> sex is fine. Nudity is fine. But... At the same time, like I wouldn't let him watch Piranha because of the because they have the character on the boat who's like the girls gone wild guy, and I didn't want my kids seeing that, you know, a a guy who treats women that way, like because it wasn't the nudity that bothered me; it was the way he treats women that oh, bothers yep. me. And I was like, I don't want my kids seeing that, you know. So like, so like someone might, you, you know, like. It's very confusing to my kids because they don't understand a lot of that nuance of of what my censorship rules are. Parenting is hard. Yeah, and you know what? I just I realized I I came up with a with a sort of rough idea for a fan theory for for a my theory. Okay. Uh, but it was fucked up, and as soon as I realized theory it, of for uh, it, it was messed up when I realized he had parents in the movie. Who so. Emilio Estevez, Otto. Oh, because <laughs> my theory immediately, because what do you, me being eight years younger than you, <laughs> what what do you think I was talking about? <laughs> I wasn't sure, I because we had kind of gone on a side another side tangent, and I never know if we're going to bring it back around. It'll happen at some point. <laughs> okay, so Otto, all right, fucking parents. So Otto, this motherfucker. Emilio uh, Estevez's character in the movie. Right. So, me being eight years younger than you, what do I know Emilio Estevez from? The Mighty, Mighty Ducks, Ducks, of course. And I saw him in the Breakfast Club and shit when I was a kid, too, but it was Mighty Ducks first. Right. So, my theory was always, you know what happens? He's a little kid. His dad gets... I, his dad dies on the way to a hockey game, I think. In I, Further thinking about it, I'm pretty sure he had cancer or some shit, and... Emilio Estevez's character, as a kid, misses the fucking goal at the championship game, and he's like, oh, that's what killed my dad. But I have another theory about it. <laughs> and his dad was hit by a driver who, was, who, was caught, who had missed a few payments, and he was running from a repo guy. So he... <laughs> <laughs> so he found, he found a doorway to another dimension, and we'll call that Earth 2. We'll call, or we'll call Mighty Ducks Earth 1, right? So he went there to be... <laughs> To become a repo man and and to get away from the world that killed his dad, and then eventually he came back, uh, became an alcoholic lawyer, because, you know, at the end of the movie, at the end of Repo Man, he's flying away in the car, so hmm? he could just be like, "Drop me off down there." <laughs> I have some, 
I I don't know how the I don't know how the the facts check out on this one, but I love it just not, for the absurdity. Not at all. And the more and more I thought about it, I'm like, fuck, this makes no sense. It made sense right when I came up with it, and then I forgot about it. But I'm like, oh shit, I wrote it down because I knew I'd forget. So I was trying to think of what it was, and I'm like, oh shit. And then I I finally looked at my phone. And I'm like, oh yeah, ah. fucking hockey and alcoholism, and he's a lawyer. <laughs> And and now he, I don't know, he's Charlie Sheen's brother. I, I fucking, yeah. you know, that's a thing. Yeah, he kind of, um, <laughs> kind of did fall into the shadow of the Sheen. Can can we talk about how how pretty Emilio Estevez is? He is. He's a little too. Though? He's a little too pretty to be playing a suburban punk. Although yeah. you know, actually, maybe he's perfect for a suburban punk because because it's the suburban thing. That, yeah, yeah, because he's not he's not a punk, quote unquote. Yeah. I was doing air quotes because you can't fucking nah, this. We we need cameras, Jesus. We move around too much. <laughs> yeah, because it's funny because I was watching Maximum Overdrive, and I'm like, that look would have been perfect for him yeah. as a punk with the with the with the hair and stuff. Like, why didn't he have a beard or why didn't he? Look well, he scraggly? was 18. Keep that in mind. Oh, was he eighteen? Remember, okay. there's there, there's a scene with the CIA computer where she mentioned uh, the girl whose name always escapes me. Layla. Layla, that's yeah. it. Yeah. Where she mentions her boyfriend, and then it brings up his his stats on the computer. It says age twenty one. Correction, eighteen. Oh, I I didn't see that, but I did see the part where he they're like, here here's your ID. Right after he. Yeah, and steals like, the car. Are you really twenty one? Like, does it matter or whatever he said? Because everything that comes out of his mouth is fucking snarky and obnoxious. I love that. I love that. Like, it's te- it's not technically his first line in the movie, but it's his first real line in the movie. You know, like it's his first time he actually says something is "fuck you" to his boss. Yeah, and that's the 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 movie starts like. A Kevin Smith movie, kind of like he's he quits his job and he's like, never mind, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna go walk down the street for 20 minutes and and then some guy's gonna talk to me and I'm gonna call him a fag and tell him to fuck off because he's asking me if I want to suck his dick for five. Okay, in fairness, he doesn't call him a fag; he calls him a queer. He oh, says, right. "Fuck off, queer." Sorry, sorry, right? And I it's mean, I Mil- guess it's it's Miller, it's Miller who calls John Wayne a fag. That's right. That's right. I wrote that down because I thought that was really funny. <laughs> Miller is Miller is the unsung hero of this movie, by the way. That was super weird. Okay, I gotta I gotta say that I had a hard time fucking paying attention while I was watching the movie because we had our kids here and then two extra fucking kids, so everybody <laughs> was trying to talk to me all at the same time. So I missed a lot of details. Why the fuck did he end up in the car? I have a I have a theory <laughs> about that, and I I only hesitate to tell you it because it took me watching this movie I, th- I think it was the fifth or sixth time i watched it that i finally figured out what the movie's about and it's very intimately tied to why miller ended up in the car in the end oh. and so i hesitate i hesitate to mention it because i want i kind of like don't want to foist my idea on you because you know it's just my idea it's not necessarily the truth of the matter but i think that there's enough compelling evidence that it that you could be you could be persuaded that it is the truth of the matter. Is he an alien? Well, do you want to hear the theory? I mean, if you want yeah, to hear the theory, I, I, I want to hear it. I will tell. I want you. to hear it. I maybe maybe I shouldn't, but let's pretend that people are listening, 
and then <laughs> okay i'll use my imagination <laughs> and they want to know i can feel their the, the butthole's tightening they're just like oh fuck something something's gonna, gonna happen he's gonna give us the key to the universe <laughs> here by explaining repo man okay the first the first four or five times i watched it i i was like this is a great movie but i don't understand what it's about i don't get what the message of the movie is that like, was my the thought the is. whole time <laughs> And then the fifth, like I said, the fifth or sixth time I watched it, I remember because at the time I had the revelation, I counted back how many times I had seen it because it had been like almost a week, you know, um, but <laughs> no, no, maybe in my early twenties, but I, I didn't see this movie till much later. The car represents the true spirit of punk. Which is why the very first thing it does is vaporize a cop <laughs> in the opening scene of the movie. The very first thing it does is vaporize a cop who's hassling this guy driving, you know, on dri- driving on some highway in California. You know, California cop in the eighties, right? That gets topical a, little, <laughs> a few years later. So, well, it it would it would be topical if you. You know, I, I feel like it would be topical if you'd lived in California in oh, the Oh, yeah, true, you know? true. Um, because by all accounts, it, it just got national news a few years later. Yeah. It was it was always an issue. But anyway, so the first thing it does is it vaporizes a cop. Well, then you've got Otto here, and he's living this suburban punk life, but nothing's working out for him. His job isn't working out for him. His friend isn't working out for him. His girlfriend cheats on him with his friend. You know, so they've both clearly turned their backs on him and he finds himself, he's alone and he's got this, he's got this punk rock spirit in him. He's sitting there alone on the track singing a black flag song, you know, out in the middle of nowhere. And then who comes along, but, but Harry Dean Stanton, the man, the myth, the legend who was in every fucking movie you've ever seen in your life. Uh, who no? Who should have been in every well, fucking movie you ever seen in your life? He's he, he's in every memorable movie yeah. you've seen. He, since he is the that 1980s. guy. If you don't know his name, it's another one of those guys that you're just like, oh yeah, no, he's in that thing. <laughs> because there's a bunch of guys like that, but he's one yeah. of the most recognizable guys who was in that thing. So along comes Harry Dean Stanton and offers him an opportunity. Right, offers him a sort of a mentorship. Right, and he takes it. He takes it and. It leads him on all these adventures, and he kind of starts to find a little bit of meaning in his life. But at the same time, it's leading him down a path that is ultimately going to lead him into the life where we have that scene with the repo wives, and they're all (laughs) saying to him, oh, my husband had a mohawk when he was your age, and my husband was this and that, and now they've all become what they've become, and they're living, you know, again, this compromised life that they all hate. Like, nobody's happy with their lives. So it kind of starts off looking like he's leading him into something that could be better. But it's, and that is how it feels. And that's, that's, it's leading him on the right path at the time. But then ultimately, if he would stay on that path rather than moving with the flow as it goes, he would have just ended up like the rest of the repo man with men with a repo wife who don't care about them and who are trying to bang the young, hot young guy in the office, you know. But the car comes into everybody's life, right? And the car rejects everybody. There's there, there's that pivotal scene at the end where the CIA can't get near it and the cops can't get near it 
and the religious guys can't get near it. And it's not, it's not just one religion. They, if you notice, they have a rabbi there and they have like a, a cleric, uh, you know, like they have multiple religious figures there to try and take over the car. All those fucking details that I missed when I was telling everybody to shut up. <laughs> and they're trying to take the car and the car rejects them. And Bud is in the car, right? Bud has his opportunity to be in the car. But then he gets out of the car and what happens to him? He steps out of the car and he immediately gets gunned down. Then what happens? Miller walks up and while this car is rejecting everyone else, Miller walks right up to it and pets it. And then he gets in because Miller is crazy. Miller walks his own path. And although Miller is definitely a nut job, there's no question (laughs) about that. At the same time, he's not afraid to be who he is, which is the true spirit of punk is not being afraid to be who you are. And so Miller gets in the car and he beckons to Otto. And then in one last final attempt, the girl says to him, but Otto, what about our, what about us? What about our relationship? And he turns to her and he goes, fuck Fuck that. that. Yeah. And then he gets up and he gets in the car with Miller. And what do they do? They transcend all the shit that is Los Angeles in the 1980s. And that's the message of the movie. I don't. I don't want to ruin that 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 nice explanation. But you know what I thought of? Huh. Because of an earlier scene in the movie, I thought of Greece. <laughs> because you know when they're when they're those two Mexican guys show up, yeah, and they're in that little water thing, whatever yeah. it is. The I'm, yeah, the 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 river. I'm pretty sure that's where they shot the fucking car race in Greece. Oh yeah, you're probably it right. I, I exactly ne- like. It, I've but never I don't seen know. Greece, but they use a lot of iconic locations yeah. in repo man i know that like um the scene in the underpass where they have where where the repo men and uh the rodriguez brothers have their face off is the mm-hmm. same is the same place that uh schwarzenegger's car wrecks in terminator it's that same underpass okay. area where cool. where schwarzenegger's car wrecks any he, any he, basically the cops are all on him and then he disappears Oh, it was there? Oh, nice. Yeah. See, I that that's funny because I just watched that movie too. Yeah, like, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's, it's the same spot. So they use a lot. Of, they use a lot of iconic uh, locations in. Oh, speaking of nineteen eighty four Terminator. Yep. There we go. Another, another one. Another great one from nineteen eighty four. Didn't fucking Breakfast Club come out in eighty four too? Or was that eighty five? It was based in eighty four. So yeah, I think it probably did. And and Emilio was definitely uh, if he wasn't the same age he was he was really close right on it. Um, I was I was watching the Breakfast Club the other day with my kids and there's that scene where they're all smoking weed, (laughs) and then Emilio's standing in the music room smoking weed and he is clearly not smoking the same kind of weed everybody else is smoking because he looks like he's on PCP. He just gets jacked up and starts running around and punching and flipping and swinging around. like I was like, breaks a window when he, he is, screams. Yeah, yeah I, w- I was like, look, kids do not ever smoke the kind of shit that Emilio is smoking in this scene. <laughs> well, it's like everybody's doing in Repo Man. Everybody's like, all the Repo Men are on speed. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, well, I guess I'd have to be to do that job. So you, you did buy the Criterion edition of this movie. Yeah, this. I had to buy it because the fucking cover looks so damn cool. It does. Have you watched any of the special features? No, I watched the commentary for like 30 seconds, but again, everybody was being I, too I haven't watched the commentary yet, um, but watch the interview with Harry Dean Stanton. 
It's called uh, Harry Zen Stanton. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I saw that in there. It's amazing. I mean, I was like, I was a Harry Dean Stanton fan before I watched it. And then I watched and I was like, this guy is my fucking hero. <laughs> you know, you know what would have made the movie easier to watch when with everybody fucking around me? Huh? Subtitles. There are no fucking subtitles on the disc. Really? Yeah, yeah I know. I tried really That's hard unusual. to find them. Well, what about closed captioning? Like on is my that, TV? I yeah, don't that's know. usually done through your TV, and it usually it's on. I usually think. works. I don't know. I don't know. It, it took me a, took me a month to get our podcast up. So <laughs> true, true. You're, you you don't sound any more technically adept than I am. I suck. I don't know. I'm I have really a friend. <laughs> I have a friend. I have a friend, and she likes to watch movies with subtitles on. And I was over at her house last week, and we were watching this show called "You're the Worst." And good show, by the way. It's on Netflix, right? It's on Hulu. Hulu. And it's 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 from it. Well, I mean, it's it's an FXX show. Oh, okay, okay. But uh, really good show. But it's got subtitles on, and the subtitles kept preempting the dialogue. So like, so that. like, I'm reading what they're about to say, but they haven't said it mm. yet. And I was like, yeah, this is super distracting. I don't like having this on at all. <laughs> I didn't say anything to her because that's the way, she, you know, mm-hmm. it's her place and that's the way she likes to watch it. So whatever. But if she comes over to my place and asks me, I'm going to be like, no fucking way. I'm turning those things on. I like <laughs> I like the title of that show. And there's actually a couple shows on Netflix that I watched strictly because of the titles. And Such I ended, as? Up, I ended up liking them. Uh, the End of the Fucking World. That is a great title. Which one was so fucking good. It was so good. And then yeah. they're going to fuck it up because they're making a second season because everybody liked it so much. Oh, did it really need to end with one season? Yes. Oh, bummer. Ugh. But uh, and then there's everything sucks. Also a great title, which is essentially uh, Stranger Things without the sci-fi shit. <laughs> it is exactly. They're in the AV so, club. Wait, wait. So it's Freaks and Geeks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is a show that I've never watched, but I I know it. Yeah. Freaks and Geeks is basically Stranger Things <laughs> without the sci-fi shit. Yep. And. The girl in the show in Everything Sucks looks like the kid without the front teeth uh-huh. in Stranger Things. Yeah. They're not related, but <laughs> but they just they, they just look similar. They really should be. Dust. What's his name? Dustin, Dustin something. Yeah, Dustin. Is Dustin the character? Or that, is Dustin that's the his actor? character's name. His real name. name. He's on my Instagram. He's a cool oh, fucking kid. Yeah, he is. A, he is a cool kid. I've I've seen interviews with him and stuff, and he he seems Gaten like really, Matarazzo. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, he seems like he seems like a pretty cool kid. Speaking of speaking of things on Netflix, I watched The Babysitter with my son the Ooh, other day. Did you like it? Because that movie I was fucking, fucking sweet. I liked it. A lot of people said I it sucked. I was so watched angry it. that McGee made it. Because I hate anything made by that douchebag just on principle. Just because of his name? Just beca- exactly. <laughs> just because of his name. Not because not because he's a bad filmmaker, although he's, he, he's, he's made not a share of shit, that's mm. for sure. But just because his name alone makes me want to kick him in the nuts. What but did he make? He made Terminator Salvation made or something. Terminator shit, Salvation and, and Charlie's yeah. Angels. Well, mm. yeah. I didn't hate Terminator Salvation when I watched it before, but I probably hate it now. It was. I'm noticing that a lot. I'm like, oh, this movie's not so bad. And then I put it on. I'm like, wait, no, this movie sucks. Why? Why did? Why did I like this? I don't know. I just. I felt it was just. It was just mediocre. Like it was. It was the worst kind of movie for me, which is mediocre. And it made no fucking mm-hmm. sense that they would that 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 her entire goal was to kill John Connor when up to that point in history, John Connor hadn't done shit. 
the whole well, reasons the machines want to kill John Connor is because he's destroyed them and led his armies to victory. Well, no, well now, now they have to destroy him before that happens. Yeah, but the point is, is the story happens before that happens. So how do the machines know that he's the one they need to kill? Oh, good call. Yeah. See, the, I it, don't it's, know. It's cart before the horse situation. <laughs> well, then watch Terminator Genesis. It destroyed- Terminator Genesis was. I like Terminator Genesis yeah. a lot. I did be, specifically because it kind of set out to destroy the whole, the whole, myth, the whole, the whole set, the whole idea of a set in place mythology. I liked that about it. I liked okay. that it could it could go back and just rewrite it all because it basically said, yeah, no, I mean these are different universes now. Like we, fr- the universes have fractured, the timelines have fractured and created new new realities. Okay, because Fair that's argument. Because I I, I think that's more <laughs> in line with with accepted scientific theory. Which at the time, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like at the time, um, at the time, I think the stories that they told were more in line with scientific theory at that time. But but the theories have evolved, and so the the theory that the, the movies work on can evolve too. And I th- I think that's a great idea because it doesn't it doesn't make those movies not have happened. Mm-hmm. It just makes them conform to the more current theory. That's and, interesting. I mean, see, see that that's why I keep you around. I mean, granted, <laughs> the, I say scientific theory, but the theories are anything but scientific since they're completely unexaminable from an empirical standpoint. Robots will take over at some point. Well, that's inevitable. I think, <laughs> I, I think that's what we're trying for, isn't it? Yeah, Bill Gates is gonna. In the words, in the, the words of Doug Stanhope, how come politicians keep going on about about increasing employment? Shouldn't universal unemployment be their goal? Fuck yeah! <laughs> uh, I don't know if that plays into it, but I was listening to Harry Dean Stanton bitch about people in his car to Emilio Estevez when he <laughs> when when he says, "Are you a communist? I don't want a communist in my damn car." Like and also no Christians. Yeah. And I laughed because that's so fucking funny. So in my notes I just wrote no commies, no Christians. <laughs> just so I can remember. But that that was a good one. That made me happy. Harry Dean Buddy. Stanton in this movie just This whole movie just makes me happy. It's just such a great fucking movie. And how hard did he de- did he deserve to get slapped a little harder? Otto, when he fucking pulled down his pants and says, "Come on, suck my dick or something." Well, no, he, <laughs> she's down on her knees in front of him after he's pulled down his pants. He says, "Well, at least you could give me a blowjob." <laughs> <laughs> yes, he absolutely deserved to get slapped a little harder. If anything, she probably should have knocked should have kneed him in the nuts. And he's still the hero at the end. And he's still the hero at the end because that's the eighties. Yep. You know, I've been I've been getting I've been getting into Gigi Allen a lot lately. Ooh, yeah, that's some stuff, some dark territory. Yeah, but it, no, like it just it 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 just it reminds me of how uh, it, it it made me think that, and and watching this made me think about that it, it, about how misogynistic the hardcore scene could get because it because it did you know I mean I mean it 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 was it, it was mostly a movement of young male aggression. So consequently being in an era where misogyny was completely acceptable by societal standards, uh, it's, it shouldn't come as a surprise that it, that it tended to be a fairly misogynistic movement. Yep. Yeah. Uh, And Gigi (laughs) Allen, of course, being the apotheosis of the whole movement. If you, if you really think about it 
in that he would like literally rape people during his shows. What a nice guy. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, he was a he was he was a nuts. A yeah, bit. he was he was certifiable. Made good music though. I mean mm-hmm. shit, some of his early stuff is amazing. That early eighties hardcore scene is real good. There's a documentary called American Hardcore, and that's where I learned about most of it. I haven't watched that. Uh, I'm I I I learn I learn mo- about it more from uh, Decline of Western Civilization. I got to get my hands on those. I remember seeing those on VH1, but the, it was never the punk rock one. It was always yeah. The they always metal play one. the metal one. Yeah. They play the metal one every single year, and then and then the punk one just gets left in the dirt. Well, the punk yeah. one is just as good as the metal one, if not better. I, I personally better for me because I'm yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're into <laughs> punk, it's even it's even better. But the truth is, is as a documentary, it's just an amazing it's an amazing time capsule piece. You that know? wasn't that the same woman who did Wayne's World. And Penelope. Clueless, I believe. Oh, wrong. Okay, I thought it was Penelope Penelope Spheres, but but I'm probably I could be wrong. No, Penelope Spheres. Yeah, yeah. Didn't she? Oh, do? and Clueless. I thought she called her Anne Clueless. I'm like, what? No, and <laughs> okay. the movie yeah. Clueless. Wayne's World. Yeah, yeah. Penelope Spheres. She's she's cool. I like her. No, she's very cool. She makes she makes some good. She movies. made she made she made some. She's made some of my favorites. And you know what? I cannot find the first first Wayne's World on any streaming services, and it's driving me nuts. I keep on seeing Wayne's World too. I'm like, oh. oh. Yeah, I don't like Wayne's World two as much. No, like, it wasn't. It was. It, it doesn't hold up as well. The first Wayne, I I think at the time, I enjoyed it a lot more just because I had already watched Wayne's World mm-hmm. to death. But in retrospect, yeah, two doesn't hold up nearly as well as one. And I, I can I can safely say that in my experience, <laughs> Wayne's World is the best Saturday Night Live movie, without a doubt, in my opinion. Like you have we have the Blues Brothers, which which well, is I have I have good, no I I have. I have a nostalgic respect for the Blues Brothers, but I've never actually watched it. I've only seen bits and pieces. Um, so you don't have to defend the Blues Brothers to me. Good, good. But <laughs> I am a I am a diehard fan of Hot Rod. Was that an actual Saturday Night Live movie? Because I've never the actually Lauren sat Michaels, down to watch it. Yeah. I believe Lauren Michaels produced it. Nice. And uh and it was I well well it doesn't tie into a Saturday Night Live character specifically. It was a Lonely Island movie, and Lonely Island Pretty much, Saturday Night Live made them. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. But then the other movies are like we have it's Pat or Night at the Roxbury, and we. Can... I, I do love Night at the Roxbury, <laughs> but I'm not going to try and defend it as being better than Wayne's World. It's not. Yeah, I'm like, and goes back to our little conversation about how I don't like Will Ferrell, but maybe I do now because I'm finding that I just love stupid shit all of a sudden. I don't know why. <laughs> Like, like I'm watching Repo Man, and I'm just like, this is. I'm not really laughing because nothing that weird is happening, but it's got like a little bit of this cheese factor. It's taking itself. Oh, a, yeah. It's taking itself a little more seriously than I feel like it probably should have. <laughs> yeah, that that may but be. Still really cool. Still really weird. And I was hoping, I was expecting to see more aliens. They lied to me. <laughs> Fucking, they're talking about these goddamn aliens the whole time, and I'm like, oh. You know, all you ever see is that one photograph twice. Yeah. <laughs> And um, the Men in Black, I assume, is who those people were. Yeah, I guess the CIA. Like that. that woman looks like a chick, the chick from Die Hard Two, who everybody tells the fuck off, but I don't think it's her. But I don't. Remember. You know, I haven't watched Die Hard Two <laughs> as much as I've watched any of the other Die Hard. Well, no, well okay. Excuse me. Excuse me. What? As much as I've watched Die Hard and Die Hard Three. That's because uh, I watched it pretty recently. Actually, I'm like, oh, I'm gonna watch Die Hard too. It's we- no, you know what? Even Die Hard Four, I've actually watched four more than I've watched two. I think four is a good fucking movie. I do. And- I I I, th- I think four is good. It's five that was just abysmally bad. Well, 
Five was unwatchable. That had everything working against it. I'm like, Jai Courtney's not that bad of an actor, but he is not leading man material. We no, can stop. He's, he's 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 again. He's one of these guys who's just everything he does is middle of the road, middle of the road, middle of the road, middle of the road, and that's what everything's coming to nowadays. Because and I, I like I get it when you're spending that much money on a movie, everything has to be as appealing to as many people as possible yep. as possible. But maybe that's why we shouldn't be spending as much money on movies. Can you, you know, get a like, guy with a little charisma in there at least? <laughs> yeah, maybe. Ugh, I don't know. Like his his performance wasn't a good movie in Suicide Squad as Captain Boomerang. I'm like, holy shit! There we go. That's. I think you would have made a good Captain Boomerang if Captain Boomerang had mattered worth a shit. Yeah, right. But no, nothing really mattered in that nothing movie. Nothing in that movie. They're like, that oh, Harley was, Quinn's in the movie. I think a Harley no. Quinn Joker movie would have been great with those two as mm-hmm. Harley Quinn and the Joker. But it needed to be a Harley Quinn and Joker movie, not Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad was just everybody got the sh- everybody got the short end of the stick. And the worst part of it is the worst part of it is Will Smith wasn't bad in it. Mm-mm. It's just the movie was bad. Yep. And uh, that guy I can't remember his name, but the Captain Boomerang guy, he wasn't bad in it. The truth is, nobody was really bad in it. No, the performances were actually it's okay. just <laughs> it's just that the movie was bad. It was just, every everybody got fucked on that. Everybody got yeah. fucked on that. The script was rough. The directing was directing (laughs) like it was it was a comic book there it it was you know like but you got to give them credit for that original idea of the sky laser that was sarcasm that was not an original idea at all i have no fucking i've i've tried so hard to block that movie out at this point (laughs) that like i because i i i watched it in the theater and i walked out with sort of um (laughs) and i know that this is a horrendously offensive way of putting it (laughs) No, you know, I'm not even. That, gonna, I'm not even okay. gonna fucking say it. I'm not, not even gonna fucking. No, it's say okay. It. That's that. That's what we're here for. No, but like that, like <laughs> I walked out like that sort of victim mentality where you're like, well, that 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 wasn't too bad. You were gonna say you just got raped and you were in denial, weren't, didn't I, you? Weren't well, you gonna I was say gonna say that? date rape. <laughs> I was gonna say date rape, but yes. And but you know like where 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 you're kind of trying to convince yourself that it wasn't as bad as it was, and I, then you and then you just kind of have a breaking moment where you're like, "That was horrific." I had to watch it a second time. I did. I watched it a second time, and that and was that's when, when I, it happened. That's right? when it happens. Yeah. That's when it all falls into place, and you're like, "Oh my god, I just got fucked." Like even Rachel, the person who's like, "You need to stop talking so much shit." We both watched the movie again. She's like, "Yeah, that was bad." Like, yeah, I did. know. Yeah, I know. and a second a second viewing just reinforces all everything <sighs> that's wrong with it. Like, there's a couple movies I will go back to and say X3 isn't as bad as everyone says it is, but X-Men Origins Wolverine is fucking awful. It's so bad. I I, I won't watch (laughs) either of those movies again. Yeah. Where was that movie at Stinkerfest, dude? No, that movie I don't want. I don't want want that movie. I don't want... That movie's not good bad. That movie's just offensive. It was really bad. (laughs) That that, that movie just... uh, That makes me angry when I watch it. As soon as Will I Am shows up on screen, I just want to kick everybody involved right in their life. You know a good part about that movie though? Huh. The game that came out based on it? Really? Yeah, it's fucking awesome. It is simple. Are you fucking with me? No, it's simple like the movie should have been. Like it's you're Wolverine and you just hack and slash your way through everything. It's great. Wow. Yeah, I know. It's hard as fuck. The the last boss is Deadpool, quote unquote. Uh and I can't beat him. So I broke my controller again. <laughs> but that was, yeah. This is be, this is quickly becoming the story of your life. I just get so I broke off. my controller. <laughs> Let's do some crimes. 
<laughs> Let's do some crimes. That was one of my favorite lines in a movie full of my favorite lines. <laughs> that was, yeah. What the fuck's wrong with that guy? Like his, his whole performance. That is, is that is weird. And awesome. It's I because like it. it's because I believe he's actually a punk singer or performer. Of oh, some is he? Kind. Okay. His uh, name is Dick rude. Okay. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I'm not familiar with him or his work, but That's my funny. understanding is he's like he's like a punk. Because I saw that name in the fucking in the credits, and all I thought was ravishing Dick Rude. Because <laughs> his name was Rick. I mean, it could be Richard, I guess. <laughs> dashing. <laughs> Dashing Dick Rude. <laughs> anyway, that's it. That's his name, and I think that's the reason he was put in the movie because Alex Cox is, you know, like super into the punk scene, and of course, and his early movies are very reflective of that. Um, but uh, yeah, he, no, his performance, his performance is the one thing about the movie that I, I kind of can't get over. Like every time I watch it, I'm like, I really wish they hadn't cast him in this. But at the same time, it kind of adds that that bit of cheese that the movie was sort of missing. As far as the whole aspect of what you were talking about, about how it took itself a little more seriously than it should have, I agree that does help to mitigate that a little bit. And and yeah, so his performance is is workable in that way. I also think uh, I also think his uh, homeboy, uh, what was it, Frenchy or something? Oh and oh yeah, that guy and his the guy who always talked like this. Yeah, like which way did he go, George? Jesus. <laughs> that that also kind of helps with that whole that whole dynamic of of keeping the movie from yeah from taking right, itself too seriously. Right before he got he got melted, I was like, I hope this guy dies. <laughs> and, then, and then sure enough, thirty seconds later, his fucking boots are sitting there. I'm like, good, yeah, good. Fuck that guy. Uh, I have I have a I have a. Have you, did you? Oh yeah, you didn't. You didn't watch any of the special features. There's a really cool interview with Iggy Pop, um, where he talks about making the song, mm-hmm. which is the the opening credit song and the closing credit song, as well as like the theme that sort of uh, comes back and throughout the movie. And uh, so I, I, I have a I have a story about that, how it affected my life personally. Ooh. Um, in two, in 2016. Uh, my my son is a big fan of a lot of the music I introduced him to growing up, and as he was when he was at still at a tender young age, I discovered the Stooges, and uh, consequently uh, discovered how much I loved Iggy Pop. <laughs> and because uh, I mean I had heard of Iggy Pop before, but I had never really listened to his music. But then I discovered the Stooges, and I was like, oh that that's where Iggy pop came from and fell in love with their music and consequently fell in love with his music. And so I, uh, I introduced my son to Iggy pop, of course, and he now has a lifelong affinity for Iggy pop. And so in 2016, Iggy pop had released his, uh, album post pop depression and was, uh, and was kicking off a tour, and of course, you know, given Iggy's age, you never know when it's going to be the last tour. Well, especially a guy like that, who knows what he was into back in the day? Too. Oh, well, like I think everybody guys, knows well, what he was into back. Well, in the day. you know, it's sort of become a, it's sort of become a cautionary tale. Well, it's point. also it's like an Aussie thing. It's like, how the fuck is that guy still alive? Yeah, seriously. Um, but anyway, um, so. And I had I had at I had at this point missed a few major shows that I had wished 
I had gotten to see, like I skipped George Carlin's last trip through town thinking, well, he'll be back next year. Cause he always is. <laughs> uh. And, uh, and then he died of course. Um, and, uh, uh, someone else had died. Oh, I, I think Lou Reed had just died too. Oh, and Bowie had just died. It was 2016, as I said. And, uh, and, and his, his tour was going to be in this was going to kick off in the spring and Bowie had just died. And my son and I are both huge Bowie fans too. And so I bought tickets to the, to the first show of the tour, which was in Seattle. And we went to it, uh, at the beautiful Paramount theater in downtown Seattle. <laughs> and, uh, and so Iggy does this, you know, he does a really cool show and then he closes the, sh- he closes the show and then he comes out for his encore and his encore is as long as his fir- as the show right as it should be <laughs> like, like he did like a 40 minute show nice. and then did a 40 minute encore you know and uh, speaking of which he closed the he closed the first part of the show with uh, a really cool his his really cool version of China Girl which i thought was a cool you know sort of tribute to Bowie plus you know i mean technically it is his song I mean, he did write it uh Iggy did write it and, but you know, like at Bowie had just died. That was a really cool thing. But anyway, so he comes back and he does, he does an encore. That's just as long as the show and the final song, uh, he does in the encore show is the theme from repo man. And my son and I had just watched repo man <laughs> recently. And so needless to say, we were both like super psyched that he, that he performed that because, uh, it's one of my, like it's, it's, it's one of my favorite of his songs. And uh, that ended up being a really cool memory of me and my, with me and my 16 year old son. That's cool. That was 2016 or excuse me. Uh, Yeah, no. Yeah. He was, yeah, he was, he was just about to turn 17. Yeah. That's a fun story. I don't have any fun stories like that. Yeah. Like I went to see you new glory again. Um. (laughs) (laughs) However, you probably get out to more shows than I do. The literally the last concert I went to was Iggy Pop at the Paramount in 2016. It's just because Rachel lets me. I have to ask her very nicely, like, "Can I borrow your nice car so I can drive to Seattle and go see whatever band is playing?" (laughs) But we're all we're all going in September, and nobody else is coming. Nobody else is coming to the show with me, but I'm going to go see Ailstorm and Glory Hammer. I don't know either of those bands. Ailstorm is like this pirate metal weirdness. I don't know what pirate metal is, but I immediately love it. I will I will show you. It's fucking awesome. <laughs> and uh, Glory Hammer is they're a power metal band, and they talk about they wizards. Viking metal? No, no. <laughs> but it, there's wizards and space zombies and shit. It's wacky and Sounds amazing. Sounds fantastic. The, the lead singer calls himself Angus McFife. Nice. I'll have to show you that. Are they anything like the sword? Yeah, kinda. It's it's that really. I kind of stumbled on the sword accidentally in the library one day and loved them immediately. <laughs> it's one of those. It's like, it's like if they didn't sing. I don't know if they slowed it down a little bit, it'd be punk rock. <laughs> that that oh, kind of okay, stuff. Okay. Like like Iron Maiden only. Uh huh. Only the twenty first century version kind of stuff. Okay. Yeah. It's all. It's, it's really good. Sounds good sounds stuff. awesome. So I'm I'm new to that. Yeah, you'll definitely like, have to introduce me to these uh, to to these bands because they sound really cool. They're fucking. They're great. And it's I, it's weird because I'm into I'm a I'm a punk guy. So now getting into all this other stuff is confusing the shit out of me. First of all, because <laughs> I'm like I hate metal, but apparently I don't. 
So I'm like, <laughs> Ghost is awesome. Ailstorm is fucking cool. Sabaton's great. Power Wolf is cool. Why am I listening to this stuff? I don't <laughs> I, I don't never understand. heard any of these bands. Accidents happen. You discover one band and I'm like, I know this band is gonna make me like a bunch of other bands. This is this is the gateway drug. This is how it happens. Yeah. And it happened. But see I I want to I want to listen to Iggy Pop and I want to listen to the queers who aren't on this so that's kind of irrelevant. But <laughs> speaking of which, the uh, the, lead, the lead singer of the Queers was in the uh, in the documentary I watched about Gigi Allen. Oh, nice, nice. They were here a few years ago, right when I moved here. Actually, they yeah. were here with Teenage Bottle Rocket. I don't know who that is. Another awesome band. You'll just have to. We'll just have to have a fucking party, <laughs> a punk rock party. I'm cool with that. I love me some yeah. punk rock. And Nintendo. Which is the punk least rock and Nintendo. Punk rock way to say that. Yeah, I love me some. Punk <laughs> I love me some punk rock. <laughs> That's okay. All the all the punk bands that I listen to are like, like I said, like Newfound Glory and The Wonder Years, and so they're not really punk bands. They're like pop punk bands, the ones that yeah the punk guys would have beat the shit out of in the eighties. <laughs> but then then you think about it, it's like you know Ian, Ian McKay kind of invented emo, so let's just give it, just leave him alone. All right. <laughs> So your hard your hardcore king guy, your straight edge hardcore guy invented emo. So go away. Right? Fugazi and shit. No. I there's a lot of, there's a lot of bands whose whose work I'm not familiar with and Fugazi is one of them. Oh, you don't know Fugazi? Oh shit. Man. I I am aware of Fugazi. I just don't know their I'm not familiar with their body of work. Husker do? Heard of. Uh you're gonna, you're gonna like, you're gonna like, as a, as a punk, you're probably gonna be like, you have no cred <laughs> as soon as you hear all the bands I'm not familiar with. SOA. Nope. Uh, Negative approach. Nope. The casualties suck, but we'll go with the uh, millions of dead cops. Nope. No shit. They were here with the casualties. Actually, I've never even. How have I never heard of a band called Millions of Dead Cops? That's a very good question. That's that that one's hard to miss. I think. I feel like. I apologize for all my sinus clearing over here. You know what? I was going to bring that up too for everybody because it's it's that season and I felt like I keep on having to turn away from the fucking microphone and like <laughs> sniff and, and go because <coughs> uh, I thought I was sick for like two weeks. Oh, for me, it, it's, it for, just me it's just, go away. for me, it's just fat. Yeah. I have that. My too. fat is crowding my sinuses, so any kind of blockage that that would be negligible to any ordinary human, um, yeah. It's I wasn't. The, don't get me wrong. The tr- the awful thing is, is I'm like by fat standards, I'm not even really that fat. Like I'm. I mean, I'm fat, but like I'm not so fat that you'd be like, oh my god, look at that, you know. But I'm just. I'm just kind of. I'm just kind of middle aged guy fat. But I'm so not built to be fat <laughs> that it my body now hates me and is taking revenge. It's hard to tie your shoes, isn't it? Very. The the uh, when you when you bend down to tie your shoes, do you go like you like sit up and you're like? <gasps> that's why I that's why I prefer to wear the shoes that don't require tying. I just keep them loosely tied and then can just slip them on, slip them off. And that sucks. Don't get fat, people. When you're when you're watching movies like Repo Man or Maximum Overdrive or Terminator, or whatever, eat hop, carrots. Hop, maybe, maybe, yeah, eat carrots and hop on the exercise for for yeah. a few spins. Carrots and hummus, guys. Yeah. Be vegan. Be do what Kevin Smith is doing after his fucking heart attack. What a, <laughs> this motherfucker. I spent 
five, ten minutes watching him. <laughs> He's 48 or something. And I spent five to ten minutes watching a grown man try corn for the first time. Really? In his entire life. Wow. And he, he takes a bite and he's like, this is what corn tastes like? I'm like, Jesus, Kevin. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> Admittedly, I'm not a huge corn fan. I like I like a fresh corn on the cob, yeah. but but can any any kind of canned or boiled corn is just gross. And I'm, I'm just laughing at him because I'm like, I love this man. Like, I don't want him to die, so I'm glad he's doing stuff. Yeah. But like, holy shit. Roast <laughs> corn, like barbecue corn, dude. That I like. Now we're okay. Now, see, we were talking about being fat earlier. Now, now it's now it's coming out. Where? <laughs> Speaking of food, I have a thing. How come in this fucking movie, how all the labels are generic, like just just generic white background with blue printing? Did <laughs> that, you see the? It's easy. It's the most noticeable <laughs> thing right off the bat. And it's, it's consequently, it's one of my favorite devices that he uses is to, yeah, like everything. Like You're when, right. when he, he probably takes, did that on purpose. When huh? he takes that can out of the fridge and it just, just says food, food on it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, I didn't know that I saw that. I'm like, that says food. Then he kind of, they kind of, is that such at an angle where I'm like, it doesn't say that. It does not say that. And then it had to, like, <laughs> the camera had to swing back around, and I'm like, oh, fuck. It really, okay, all right. When Stanton's, Stanton says, hey, let's go get a drink, and then the next scene is him slamming a six-pack on the on the counter that says drink. Beer. Oh, no, it, it just drink? says drink on it. <laughs> but then all the beers say beer. All the beers say beer, yeah. But then they go to that gas station and it completely fucks it up because there's Miller Lite and Bud Light signs yeah, all well, over the Yeah, well, I, I don't think the budget allowed for him yeah. to get as fetishistic as he probably would have <laughs> liked to. Now he had to wait for Sid and Nancy for that to happen. Did you did you notice on your Criterion Edition disc the disc says disc on it and is done in the same color scheme? Oh shit! The Criterion yes. C is done in the same color scheme and everything. I didn't notice, but now that you fucking bring it up, I'm like, yeah, yeah. it just says disc. That's one of those things that that I that's one of the things that I would pick up after my fifth watch or something. I'd pull it out. And I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> What what you said, the embodiment of punk rock, I never would have fucking thought of that on my own. <laughs> so I'm glad you told me. So now I'm gonna, now I'm actually going to look for it. So that, and I like that about movies. Like there's some spoilers, spoiler e stuff that I'm okay with. Yeah. My brother. Speaking of which, you need to make sure you put a, just a an, a loud spoiler warning on every single one of these episodes because we we fully spoil. Mm-hmm. Anything we talk about here. Yep. And shit you didn't, you came on board not expecting us to talk about. And we, too. and I always forget to tell you. Uh, hey, let's talk yeah. about the ending of The Sixth Sense. No. I, okay. Well, in fairness, if nobody, if somebody doesn't know what the ending of The Sixth Sense is, then. Yeah, I was talking with my 11 year old <laughs> about it yesterday. He's like, yeah, I probably would like The Sixth Sense, but I already know the ending. I said, you know, it's a good movie besides that. You can still watch it. <laughs> well yeah about my my sister's husband he fucking said he he i thought he ruined saw for me because he said one thing and i'm just like you fuck and then i ended up watching and i'm like holy shit that made the movie way better <laughs> because he's like the killer's in the room the whole time that's oh all, yeah. that's all he said and i'm just like i'm watching the movie like what the fuck's going on what was one of these two guys the killer or is it that fucking no that guy's dead <laughs> so i spend the whole time just like freaking out and i'm like what the fuck is going on you know, what, you know what really threw me is I, I heard somebody talking on a podcast about Breaking Bad. And uh, and this is when, this is like the, you know, like it's during the final season and everything's about to come to a close, but I'm not able to watch because I don't have cable. 
Um, but I have a friend who, uh, who told me she, she downloads all the episodes and when the season's over, she'll just give it to me. I can watch the whole thing, you know? Um, so I'm waiting until the end of the, until the end of the show in order to, in order to get the final season and even start it. And someone says something about, uh, about how they kill the kid. And I thought they were talking about Walter White's son. Oh. And so the whole time I'm waiting for him to get killed. And I and I have not seen it yet. And they were talking about something else entirely. Nice. You know what we need? We so need So I I spoiled it <laughs> without actually spoiling it. So the whole time oh, I'm feeling yeah. like it's been spoiled for me and I'm resenting every episode as we get closer <laughs> and I know his death is coming and then he doesn't fucking die. And I was angry about it at the end. <laughs> you know what we need between the two of us, though? We need one of those, like like a, like a buzzer. And it's like every time one of us brings up a movie that we haven't seen, we have to hit it. <laughs> and then it's like, all right, you can't, you can't, don't, you know, no spoilers. That's that's the spoiler buzz. That, I think that's a good idea, actually. <laughs> Just in case, because I'm like, it's kind of hard. I think I spent a good 10 years doing nothing but watching movies, so... And I assume you've you've seen most of the movies so in the world. What, so you're what's known as a lightweight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just fucking. So there's me. there's a lot of movies that are that I've seen or at least know about. Like I'm, I knew what happened in Memento. You know, when I watched it. Did you just say Memento? Memento, whatever. <laughs> whatever. Yeah, I'm that asshole. I only saw it once though. I need to go back. Maybe That's need- a movie that holds up, you know. Um, the twist is cool. If you get to see it and you don't know about the twist, that's really cool. But the truth is, that movie holds up. I've watched that movie a dozen times, and it's it's just as good. Do you also notice that Christopher Nolan has like remade that movie every time he's ever made a movie? Because he never <laughs> he never can just be like, all right, A to B, let's go. He he did that with Insomnia, I think. But all the rest of his movies Insomnia were- was a remake. Did you know oh, that? Oh, God damn it, it was, wasn't it? Yes, yeah. I, I heard about that. Yeah. And Fuck, you know what? Well. I, I got I to gotta say, I, I think Insomnia is is an underrated movie. And I love Robin Williams as a goddamn bad guy. He is yeah, a he's, good yeah, fucking he's bad guy. Yeah, he's really good as a bad guy. He, 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 um, he, he's excellent in that movie, and Pacino's excellent in that movie. Honestly, it's solid performances all around, and it's a really good movie. It's just at the time I had just come off my... Then you got me fucking saying it, asshole. Yes. I had just come off Memento, and so I was expecting some kind of raging twist movie, and it wasn't that. I mean, you know, you could argue that there was some kind of a twist in it, but 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 it wasn't a big twist. You know, like they're alluding to it the whole time. They're yeah, it's alluding. mostly straightforward. Yeah, yeah. it's pretty. Stra- it's a pretty straightforward detective story, and it's a goddamn good straightforward mm-hmm. detective story. But I'm expecting it to be some kind of crazy, insane twist no one ever saw coming, and it's not. And so I walked away disappointed. And so for years I was like, "No, nah, that's a bad movie. Don't watch it." And it's not. It's, it's a really good movie. We could swing that back around to Repo Man because I read the synopsis and I thought it was going to be way wackier than it actually. Oh ended yeah, up being. yeah. Synopsis wise, I, I could definitely see you coming away thinking you were in for something zany. And then I read some of the, I read little bits of the booklet, and they're like, "It's a sci-fi movie with no sci-fi in it. It's 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 a love story with no love in it, or whatever." Yeah, it's, it's like all <laughs> these things, but it doesn't have any of those things in it. I'm like, yeah, watching it, I'm like, yeah, exactly. Yep. 
fuck. It's a hard movie to <laughs> nail down in terms. It, like it's kind of a it's kind of a blurb writer's nightmare. Like, could you imagine trying to write the blurb for this? I I won't be able to explain it. I mean, I guess there's there's aliens in the back of a Chevy Malibu. There you go. That, no, they may <laughs> or may not be aliens. Oh yeah. Nobody really knows for sure what's in the back of that Malibu. It's punk rock. They say it's aliens, <laughs> and then they say it's a bomb, and then they say it's you know this, it's that. Nobody really knows. It's it it's it's Tarantino's briefcase. You know. That's exactly what I it's, thought of when they fucking opened the trunk the first time. Yeah. I'm like that's that's where he got that. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's it's the classic MacGuffin in that it doesn't really matter what it is. It just matters that it is. Yeah. Ooh. Look, we're getting philosophical it's and shit. There, driving the plot forward. Yes. But in my in my mind, it is the it is the true spirit of punk rock, For which is a- also why it, uh, why it vaporized uh, Frenchie or whatever his name was, because although he he had all the accoutrement of being a punk, he was also a he, he was a dickhead. <laughs> you know, for a movie about punk rock and being so so punk rock in general, there are there's no boobs in this movie. Yeah, that's true. There aren't any boobs. Huh. Weird. Maybe maybe that that's a segment we need to we need to have. I don't know. Are know, there boobs? I, I think I you know, I think <laughs> it's probably it's probably a good thing that there weren't boobs in this movie because I feel like it was such a it was such a it was such a testosterone driven movie that it probably would have been really misogynistic, you know, like like the it wouldn't have been. It wouldn't have been like a woman taking her sexuality in hand. It would have. It would have been dudes objectifying her. Mm-hmm. So it's probably yep. better that there aren't any. Oh no! Even yeah, though, definitely. Even though that's I'm all, even though I'm always pro boob, like I'll never be anti boob. Um, I, you know, I I can see that there are situations where, uh, yeah, where where it's it it's it's probably better not to get distracted. <laughs> I'll just leave it at that. Yeah, we are. We already had car sex and a. Hey, why don't you blow me? <laughs> yeah, I do appreciate his sentiment at the end with the whole "fuck that thing." Yeah, because you know, <laughs> relationships are bullshit. No, I I, I lied. Oh, well, I don't think I don't think it's I don't think and I I don't think that in line with what I was saying that it's saying relationships are bullshit. It's saying that kind of a relationship is bullshit because if you remember, she literally tortures him at one point. Like she's literally manipulating and torturing him. Yes. So what it's yep. saying is that kind of a relationship is bullshit because it is. Fuck that. Good call. See, you're smarter than me again. That's why I keep you around. I knew you'd be able to come up with more stuff about this movie to talk about than I would <laughs> because I'm looking at it and going like, what the. F- is happening <laughs> well i i like the idea I, I like the idea of having it be you know like it's it's one of my longtime favorites and at the same time you, 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 this is your first time seeing it so you've got perspectives on it that i haven't had in a long time you know so it's it's nice to it i like the idea of having both perspectives just general confusion i love i love your tie-in <laughs> with with the mighty ducks and <laughs> all that shit <laughs> parallel universes it's all i know it's all i know everybody talks about classic movies and i'm just like you know what i watched surf ninjas the other day i don't even care (laughs) that's your classic oh yeah i did watch ninja turtles 3 a couple weeks ago (laughs) that's my magnificent seven holy fuck that movie's really bad and i did not realize how bad it was until i just watched it recently so bad yeah no i i i I, I was 
I, I knew it was going to be that bad, so I didn't watch it. You're smarter than me. <laughs> I liked it when I was a kid because you know I was a I, I was a kid and I didn't care. Yeah, I was I was a jaded teenager at that point. The truth is, I would probably enjoy it if I just if I just decided to to go in for the stupidity. Not the third one. The third one is not so bad. It's good. It's just like this script is bad. The suits look stupid. There's no shredder. The bad guy's boring. But the second one does does the Feldmeister still voice Donatello? That's he came back. He did. He did it in the first one. He did not do the second one. And then in the third one, he comes back. But all of his dialogue is really bad. So you know that's. <laughs> I hadn't thought about it, but that's that was probably the reason I immediately hated the second one. <laughs> like subconsciously, I think I I think as soon as I didn't hear Corey Feldman doing that voice, I I was like, "Fuck this movie and everyone involved with it." But Michelangelo uses sausages as nunchucks, <laughs> which let's admit it, we've all done it. I've never had link sausage like that. Oh, really? Yeah, you're robbing yourself. I know. I've never had sausages tied up with ropes. No, you need. No, they're not tied up with ropes. They're linked by the fact that they're in an. Inte- I swear, in a piece of intestine. I swear, there was like a rope attached, to like oh, to I'm each sure, sausage I'm sure in, in the his, movie. There were. I'm sure in the movie there were, but in real life, it's just one continuous piece of intestine. That just made is, me sound really dumb. And, and the middle parts get dried out over time. Yeah, and that's why they look like rope. Yeah, I'm into it. I want some. I want some phallically shaped food right now. <laughs> I want to shove I want to shove a metaphorical phallus in my mouth. Uh yeah. Any other any other weird shit about this movie? That Oh, the repo code. The repo code. Uh does not does it not sound like the fucking robot code from iRobot? Yes. It's exactly that. Yes. Okay. Good. So it's not just me. I'm not just fucking imagining No, no it's completely it, it it's it's straight up pulled right off of uh the robot code. Or no. the three laws, or whatever they're. Yeah, called. the three laws. There we go. That's why I was trying to. Well, I think I, th- I think it's I think it's just taken off of the first law or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't remember all the laws because I saw, I only saw the movie a couple times and I've never read the book. So. So I'm 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 at the point of looking at the, looking at the Popeyes menu. Do we have any any more thoughts on Repo Man? Because I, I I knew this would end up being one of those weird ones where I wouldn't have a whole lot to say. Oh, wait. They live in Edge City. Yes, like in the mask. And oh, that, that really? Made that, me happy. Is that what is <laughs> yeah. that what it is in the mask too? Yeah. I mean, technically, technically, I think it's it's it is referred to as Los Angeles. Like they do refer to them living in Los Angeles at oh, some yes. point. Yeah. So it's like it doesn't it it's not it's not a perfect immersion as that goes. But I do I do like uh, I, I I just like the name Edge City. I just think it's cool. And the mask is fucking awesome in in pretty much all of its incarnations. So, so all and uh, yeah. uh, last last little tidbit for uh, for anybody who's interested, if you have examined your Criterion materials, which you probably also haven't gotten a chance to do yet, in the book, Alex Cox explains that Repo Man started as a comic strip. Oh well, and that would make sense. Yeah, it it kind of plays out like that, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. It, does. it like that made a lot more sense when I watched the movie with that in my mind this time because I I I hadn't read my material until last night mm-hmm. either, and and I opened it and I didn't read it, read it. I just kind of I just kind of skimmed it and I saw I saw that and I was like, oh, 
oh wow and then i watched the movie and and yeah it it made a lot more sense that we're we're if we're looking at something that's like a a series of comic strips kind of strung together that's funny because i was i was kind of thumbing through the booklet and i saw the comic part and i'm like it's a comic book wait what the fuck and then it wasn't the whole thing like i thought i just happened to open up to that page and i'm like oh it's a comic book and then yeah. like, oh no there's like stuff in here okay <laughs> yeah but yeah but yeah my i liked it i'm gonna watch it again i loved repo man I, I still love repo man the first time i ever saw it was a, a midnight movie at the garland perfect fucking place yeah i've never gone to a midnight movie because i'm old and i am out at fucking like nine o'clock well plus the when they were really doing when they actually when they were really doing the midnight movies heavy was should have been your perfect time to go to them because you were you would have been like 19 or 20 oh i would have also been in great falls in montana I know. We didn't have any fun out there. There's no indie theaters in Montana. Probably in Missoula. <laughs> but I don't know. I've only been to Butte. <laughs> I like I like the the weird shit that comes out of my mouth. Like I wish I'd seen an alien in this fucking movie. Well, technically you did twice. Well in a photo. Uh, <laughs> uh, On that note. Yeah. All right. Repo Man. Repo Man was cool. Watch it. Probably watch it twice because you're probably going to be weirded out the oh, first I'd time say you watch, watch it. it. Watch it a half dozen <laughs> times at least. Anything else to add? Emilio! Yeah. And Mighty Ducks, too. The Mighty Duck Man, I swear to God. <laughs> All right. So that was Sharks Across Hollywood. And I'm going to try a little bit of promotion here. Oh, shit. Not not a not a very good one, but punks you know, are terrible at self promotion. We are, we fucking suck. But you know, we're 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 doing this shit for free because it's fun and it's enjoyable, and I just like sitting and bitching, bullshitting, bitching about and and bullshitting about movies. But if you feel like you want to throw some money at us to make us happy and buy us chicken, let us let us get fat fatter, then go fatter. ahead and go to Patreon. It's patreon.com slash sharks across Hollywood. And once again, I said it in the first episode. I think I cut it out, but we'll get better at that. <laughs> Except for him, he won't. And if you donate one hundred thousand dollars <laughs> or more, we will personally come to your house and shit on your coffee table. Yes, I'll do it. But you have to buy us chicken first because that would help. Obviously. Well, yeah. How are we going to shit without chicken? <laughs> All right, so we're going to do the sign off again. You remember the sign off? No. <laughs> no. Hasn't been that long. <laughs> so we're going to say stay out of the water because there's sharks there. And also stay jossum, motherfuckers. Stay jossum. Yes. <laughs>